meeting and praying together, preparing our hearts for the new year. Uh, I believe that as we uh, go through this month, God will help us to address uh, certain issues uh, that will help us to unclutter our souls for greater effectiveness uh, in 2019. That's the whole idea of uh, this month, just uncluttering ourselves, our souls, our spirit, so that we can see you know, a great and effectual doors open to us in, in 2019 and maximize the grace of God and the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. That, that's, that's just what December is all about for us. And secondly, is to also stir our hearts towards gratitude. Yeah, to stir our hearts towards gratitude. Uh, because if you, if you choose to be grateful, then you see the hand of God, you know, in a new dimension. Praise God. You see the hand of God in a new dimension. And it's also important to note that the wiser we are, the better we live. The wiser we are, the better we live. And a grateful person is the one that will open himself or herself up for a higher level of wisdom. When you're grateful for where you are, God starts to show you how to get to your next level. How to get to your next level. The wiser we are, the better we live. Psalm 90 and verse 12 it says, day unto day, utter speech, and night unto night, show forth knowledge. Day unto day, utter speech, night unto night, show forth knowledge. We're crossing into a new year very soon, and um, it, it's, um, it's um, okay, it's, it's Psalm, sorry, Psalm, I was quoting Psalm 19. <laughs> Psalm 19, I think, verse 2 and 3, but was Psalm, Psalm 90 and verse 12 says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And Psalm 19, I think verse, verse 3 or so says, day unto day utter speech, night unto night show forth knowledge. What I'm getting at is that uh, the, the, the longer we live, the wiser we should become. And the wiser we become, the better we live. Can I say that one more time? The longer we live, the wiser we should become. And uh, uh, the more wisdom we gain, then the better our lives become. 2019 must be better than 2018. I appreciate your amen, but it's more than an amen. Amen means that you're consenting to what I'm saying. But much more than an amen, I, I, I want to elicit a divine alignment this morning. That beyond saying an amen, you are also steering yourself to make up your mind that 2019 will be better than 2018. And it's not going to be automatic. The wiser we are, the better we live. So you are going to have to you know, gather yourself and steer yourself towards gaining a higher level of wisdom. A better life, a better living is not automatic. It's a response to a higher level thought. It's a response to a higher degree of wisdom. Somebody stay with me this morning. It's a response to a higher level of wisdom. Day unto day, out of speech, night unto night, show forth knowledge. So if you allow day to pass by, night to pass by, without any accusation of knowledge or, you know, wisdom and all that, uh, then you cannot say that the year ahead is going to be better than the one behind. And the Bible says the path of the just is like shining light. It shines brighter and brighter. It will shine brighter if the just aligns with the path of wisdom and position himself or herself to acquire more wisdom. So that it's not just going to be that the days are increasing. You know, I've, I've, I've said it before, I'm going to say it again, that uh, there's a difference between growing old and growing up. One is automatic, the other one is intentional. To grow old is automatic, just sleep and wake up. You don't have to allow day 
to utter speech or night to show forth knowledge. No. Just sleep and wake up. You grow old. But to grow up, you have to be intentional. You have to make up your mind. I want to acquire the next level of wisdom. You have to ask yourself, what, what, what do I need to do differently? It's extremely important that we note that, that 2019 is not just going to be a better year because it's 2019. <laughs> it's that I set myself apart and watch to see what is ahead of me in God. And then I prepare in the place of prayer. I prepare in the place of divine alignment. I travel light by cutting out excesses and reordering, I mean, and reorder my life. So, like I said, the month is about uncluttering our souls for greater effectiveness in 2019. Last Sunday, I preached a message on, um, okay, let me test if you remember. What's the, what was the title? Okay. There are good people in this church. You know, in my early days as a pastor, I was trying to get people to just see if people remember what I taught last Sunday. And uh, <laughs> I left the church that day angry. Because I just told myself, what's the point? You teach, teach. They can't even remember what you said last Sunday. <laughs> but I made up my mind, my case is not going to be like Moses. Yeah. I'm not going to get angry with anybody. Moses was so angry, he didn't enter the promised land. Yeah. Our relationship with God is a personal adventure. Everybody will play his part. And then you choose how far you want to go. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, 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 since that time, I don't get angry again. Because <laughs> I don't want to be like Moses. Praise God. I said, praise God. This morning, let's look at Luke chapter 10, verse 38, and we'll read down to verse 42. I've titled this, Reorder. Can you let me tell your neighbor, say it's time to reorder. What am I talking about? It's time to reorder your priorities as you're going into 2019. Luke 10 and verse 38, the Bible says, and it came, uh, and now it happened, as they went, that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted. Somebody say distracted. Come and say it again. Say distracted. <laughs> the Bible says that Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my master has left me to serve alone? Sorry, my sister has left me to serve alone. Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Can you hear me look at your neighbor and ask them the question, are you worried about many things? Are you distracted with many things? Tell your neighbor, it's time to reorder your life. It's time to reorder your priorities. So that 2019, say, say, so that 2019 can be better than 2018. 
Like I said last Sunday in January, we're going to set ourselves apart to pray and fast. And I'm going to give some more information, maybe next Sunday or Christmas Sunday. Um, our what night service is going to be a super bang, a lot of prayer, testimony, and set ourselves apart. We, we, we just trust God to unleash words upon us that will set, up on, set us on our feet for greater, a greater 2019. But as we do all that, it's also good that we don't put everything on God. But we take responsibility for the things that we should do. So that our prayers... As we wait on the Lord in January, 21 days of prayer and fasting will be much more meaningful if you have put something together now and reorder something, refocus something, yeah, re-envision something. Because it's what we're seeing differently, what we are rearranging is, are the things that the fire of God wants to come upon. Those are the things that the hand of God wants to come upon. Praise God. This order robs you of peace and of the blessing that should ordinarily be yours. That's what this order does. It robs you of peace and of the blessings that ordinarily should be yours. In the passage that we read, some things came up, you know, very strongly. Jesus came to the house of Mary and Martha. The Bible says Martha was distracted. Distracted by much serving. And then what you see next was that Martha found somebody to blame because she was becoming, you know, uh, strained. She was, she, she was straining herself. She knew that something was not appropriate. She either was thinking that, oh, maybe if this lady was with me, we'll be faster, or I won't exert myself this much, and all that. She felt something was amiss. A lot of the time, when your life is out of order, you will feel certain pain, certain strain. Those things are signals that you should put some things in place. When a marriage is out of order, there will be a lot of pain. When your career is out of order, you may be doing a lot, but you're not getting as much result. When you are in the wrong place career-wise, you, you will see that favor is not flowing in the way it's supposed to flow. Something may be out of place. It may be, uh, you know, that you need to reorder yourself emotionally or reorder yourself in terms of your priority in terms of learning or skill acquisition. Maybe you're just a, a, a round peg in a square hole and everything just looks like they're not working the way they're supposed to be. You shouldn't get into 2019 not thinking of what to do to set your life in order. Set your life in order. This week I was, you know, was, uh, was traveling around uh, a bit around Nigeria and one of the flights I think to Uyo or so I, just by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, started writing down some things. What, what, what areas do I want to upgrade on next year? Yeah, personally. You know, I want to gain stronger knowledge in leadership. I want to gain stronger knowledge of the supernatural because I believe there's a supernatural outbreak that's about to come upon this house and we haven't seen anything yet. So, you know, just listing things and it means that and, and I listed maybe about four or five things, and it means that wherever I need to learn better, whatever book I need to read, and also to channel my prayer and my developmental efforts, those are the areas that they will go because I want my life to be in order. I want my life to be in order. I want to gain focus. 
I want to, you know, uh, the things that matter the least must not be at the mercy of the things that matter the most. Or, or should I put it in a better way? The things that matter the most must not be at the mercy of the things that matter the least. Yeah. When you make the things that matter the, the least to take priority in your life, you start to feel certain strain. And the response that we give to it a lot of the time is that of finding somebody to blame. Somebody stay with me this morning. Yeah. That was Martha's immediate response to find somebody to blame. Yeah. And in this passage, she seemed to be blaming two people. Jesus and Mary. Mary, you are supposed to join me. Jesus, why didn't you tell her? <laughs> you know, can I tell you the truth actually? Anytime you find yourself blaming God, <laughs> it's a signal that your life is out of order. Can I say that one more time? I said anytime you find yourself blaming God about certain issues, it's a signal that your life is out of order. God doesn't make mistakes. Somebody needs to register what I'm saying this morning very strongly in your mind. If not, you'll be second-guessing what I'm saying. If you truly believe that is God, supreme being, sovereign God, the one who is faithful, where do you write mistakes in his agenda? The moment you find yourself blaming him, you should know that something is out of order. If anything went wrong, it will never be on the part of God. It will always be on the part of humans. And it's that we need to reorder something. We need to refocus. We need to do something differently. Because God is not the author of confusion. That's what the scripture says. So he doesn't throw confusion in the works. He doesn't make mistakes. Yeah. Glory be to Jesus. So Martha went to meet Jesus and her first response was to blame somebody. Yeah. Somebody's listening to me this morning. Your assignment this December is to reorder yourself in your career. Stop blaming your boss. Yeah. This is word of knowledge to you. <laughs> Stop blaming your boss. Some people, you blame your siblings, you blame this. Martha was about to get into that blame game. Yeah. And what res Jesus' response was, <laughs> Madam, take Mary out of this completely. This is not about Mary. This is you. Yeah. Did you read that in your Bible? Yeah. This is not about Mary. This is about you. Put Mary aside. Our work with God it's a personal adventure. He said, Mary has chosen what is most needful. And she's, she's okay. She's settled. It's you. You are distracted by much serving. Is it bad to serve? No. But sometimes it can become a distraction. It can become a distraction. Martha was distracted by much serving. So not that serving was bad, like I said, 
But she lost her sense of priority and that led to her service becoming a distraction. Yeah. Led to her service becoming a distraction. What Jesus wanted from her was to focus more on how to get better at the feet of the master, to reprioritize her life, not that she shouldn't serve, but she made the service the big deal. And the learning from Jesus and cultivating the relationship with Jesus became something that she put on, on the back burner, not on the front burner. You know, as good as it is for people to serve in church like this, involved in kingdom projects and do all kinds of things for God, when our relationship with God is no longer important to us and the service is more important than our relationship and we're losing grip of our relationship with God, it becomes a distraction. Yeah. As good as it is for you to be a responsible father and husband, you know, when your work is taking you away from God, putting a strain on your relationship with God to the point that you can no longer say you are a child of God just because you want to provide for your home. And you have compromised in so many ways. If you show up before God, God will say, where are you? Like he said to Adam. Because though you are standing, but I can't find you. Yeah. And when we ask, you say, I have responsibilities. Yeah. I want to serve my family. I want to be the man. I want to, you know. When that starts to put a strain on your personal relationship with God, to the point that that relationship becomes a dwindling one, your life is out of order. Completely out of order. So whether you're serving God, serving your family, serving a community, serving a nation, serving anything at all, when it starts to put a strain on the relationship with God to the point that your spirit is, you know, discontented within you, then you need to know that your life is out of order. Somebody stay here this morning. And can you look at your neighbor for me and tell your neighbor, stop blaming people. Stop blaming God. Focus on reordering your life. Another thing that we see from that passage was that Jesus said, at every season of life, there is one thing to focus on. There's one thing to focus on at every season of life. There are things to focus on. Let me quickly look through the keys to combating this order. The keys to combating this order. One is that you need to understand purpose. And understanding of purpose leads you to priority. Matter didn't understand the purpose of our close relationship with Jesus. And the reason why Jesus came into the house. In our mind, Jesus came to eat. And if you want to be a good host, you must set a large table. Perhaps Jesus came to impart grace and to impart knowledge. And at that moment in time, she was out of order. The understanding of purpose, understanding of the seasons of your life, would help you to prioritize better. It will help you to prioritize better. As we go into 2019, 
Somebody may be listening to me this morning. And what should be in focus for you may be maybe your children. Yeah. Just reordering your life because of the phase that your family is, the age of your children, to tell yourself, maybe you're even supposed to take another job, but you tell yourself, I can't take this job now, maybe until another two years. Because this, if I lose this face, I may lose these children. Yeah. I can't extend myself this way. Yeah. They may give you an, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, an, an option at work that you should now begin to cover three cities or cover four countries. <laughs> or you can still do this part of the job which will keep you in one place. It's just that this one has a little, some little more pecs with it. If you don't think about the season of your life, you go for the pecs. Yeah. And they traveling everywhere, you know, and all that. But you may not know that that's not the season that you are in. Sometimes if you miss a season to focus and invest on your marriage. You miss a season to focus and invest on your children. You miss a season to focus and galvanize your family. And you may not have it again for a long time. So going to 2019, somebody, based on the season of your life, God may ha- want to have you just focus a little more, focus your prayer, focus your, your, your emotion towards maybe for a guy here, it's time to start a family. Yeah. Direct your prayers. Yeah. Choose to organize your life to be able to start a family. So it means that as you go into 2019, you have to ask yourself, how does, what does the life of a family man look like? All this clubbing till 1 a.m., every Friday, every Saturday, you know, sometimes you live in Lagos, but you don't live in Lagos. It's coming from the experience on, on Saturday morning at about 4 a.m. My PA and I, and uh, we, we're driving through Victoria Island, and somebody was trying to park us in front of a club as if we just arrived. And I, t- I told my peer, I said, so people go to places at 4 a.m. and they assume that they just arrived? I said, I'm not sure I'm living in Lagos. Yeah, those are natural animals. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand it. We're driving by. The guy removed the cone and was telling us, park. I was like, at what time? I looked at my watch. It was 4.30 a.m. I said, park. Park for what? I'm going home to sleep. I've been worshiping God all night. <laughs> Praise God. So you see that, that different people have all kinds of lifestyles and priorities. You need to know what season you are in. What should come into priority. Because as a single man right now, you want to start a family, you can't, you can't deal, you can't do all those stuff again. Because you may be looking at me now and say, Pastor, but you know, we just go to have a great time with the boys. Yeah? <laughs> you just need to know, really, that God is watching you in 3D. Or maybe 4D. Yeah. I'm not, it's, this is not to make anybody feel guilty, all right? This is just to, for you to know that the eyes of God are everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And it's time to put your life in order. And ask yourself, if I'm really serious 
about becoming a family man. This and family will not go together. Yeah. And it's time to start to cut down so you can exit that phase and get into a new season. There's no point praying for what you're not prepared for. Yeah. There's no point. No point praying for what you're not prepared for. That's what brought us here as a nation. Yeah. Pray for many things that we are not prepared for. So we need to continue to see ourselves to prepare. Yeah. I was teaching in, in, you know, over the week and I, was, I said something that every, every, every Saturday you have many people who come to the altar. It was a relationship conference I went for. Many people who come to the altar to say, to say I do to what they are not planning to do. They have zero plan or preparation to do, but they will say, I do. Because we have written it down, I will tell them to say it. And if you, if you do, say, I do. And it will say, I do. No plan, no preparation to do. Yeah. So before you know it, everything is crashing. Because there's no plan or preparation to do. What you say, you do on the altar of God. God will help us. <laughs> So understand the purpose and the season that you are in. Don't be like, like Martha. Different season. God has a purpose for that season. What's the purpose? The purpose is what dictates the priority for the season. So that you set your life in order based on the priority of the season. When you don't know the purpose of a season, the devil will bring distractions. The I do mind is a devil's workshop, we say. But that's a better quote. The devil tempts everyone, but the idle man tempts the devil. Yeah. The devil tempts everyone, all of us. But the idle man tempts the devil. The one who does not understand a season will tempt the devil because you'll be, you are open to doing anything when you're supposed to be doing certain things. Because life is in a season. I mean, life is in seasons, sorry. It's in seasons. And faces, and you need to leave your season and your face well. You see, in the things of the physical, it's easy for us to understand when the season has changed. For instance, as we go into next year now, in Nigeria, we'll have the rainy season, we'll kick in maybe from like March into April, you know, and all that. And then everybody will start buying umbrella. Even when we come to church, we'll provide umbrellas everywhere, you know, and all that. If we go to the west right now, it's snowing in most of the places, it's cold. So you wear winter clothes as a response to the change of season. If you live in the West, you won't be able to go to church the way you came this morning. Yeah. They will, if you go to the stores, they will take out all the clothes, bring a new season, and say, you know, a new season. There are seasons, that, I mean, the ways they respond to seasons. So, in, in, in the things of the Spirit, in the things of life, we also need to have appropriate response to new seasons. Also, we need to trust God. Yeah, one of the ways to also combat disorder is to, to, to trust God. Don't doubt that God has, you know, a plan for your life, good plans. When you feel overwhelmed, we start to question God and his intentions. And being overwhelmed is often a sign that you are majoring in minors. Yeah, it's a, it's a sign that you are majoring in minor when you are seriously overwhelmed. That was what happened to Martha. She was overwhelmed. She was, what she didn't know, that this overwhelming feeling is not coming because God is not faithful. 
It's not coming because matter has not been supportive. Because some people will say, uh, maybe if my boss was nicer. Maybe if my uncle helped me. Maybe if my friend gave me a bailout, I won't be this overwhelmed. You know the reason why your friend will not give you a bailout? Any investment you make into disorder is going to a sinking hole. Yeah. Any friend, any family member that has sense and sees disorder around you will not invest in disorder. I learned that lesson many years ago. Even as a pastor. Yeah. That, you know, charity is meant for, for I mean, I, re- I read a book recently titled Charity Detox. As we're preparing, they are setting up our foundation. I started reading some books, went for some training, you know, one or two trainings this year on charity and foundation and all that. And one, one, one that made very strong impact on my mind is charity detox. You can look out for the book. I mean, if I would just say it in one, one statement, the most important thing I learned from that book is that charity is actually meant for, you know, disaster situations, you know, and all that. Um, uh, we, we need to refocus our intervention for sustainability. Yeah. And when you want to focus your intervention for sustainability, you go to Genesis 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, the earth was without form and void. Darkness covered the face of the deep. The Spirit of God was moving over the face of the water. And then God, before he created anything, gave any handout or anything like that, he first of all said, let there be light. Let's even know what we're dealing with. Yeah. And then when he said, let there be light, he knew what he was dealing with. He now said, okay, let's begin to put order in place. Let's separate day and night. Let's separate the land from the water. When water and land is mixed together, <laughs> any intervention <laughs> is zero. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. You have to separate night from day, land from water, and all that. Then, before you now started to create things, a lot of the charitable interventions that we do in this part of the world is like throwing things into, you know, form and void. Darkness covered the face of the water. And our people have gotten so used to lack of order that if they come into like a church like this and we're trying to straighten them out to say, okay, what's going on? You need to see this person. They want to sit with you. The attitude is for what now? Is it not shush money? And God's money. It's not just, just give us. Is it your money? Yeah. I will go and report you to Pastor Godman. And now I've developed this king. You come, I send you back. Yeah. It's the people. In, when I was still a rookie pastor, and I didn't know as much as I know right now, I thought every situation demanded immediate, you know, running around, look for money. Ah, I've learned. <laughs> I've learned. About 15 years ago, a lady came. I was pastoring at Daystar Christian Center as an associate. A lady came and gave me cock and bull story and said, you know, there's one exam. If she, if she won't be able to pay today, she won't be able to write that exam and her life will be upside down. This is the day. Do you know the truth? I was so moved, myself and one, one other colleague, we put this, this were not the days of internet banking, we put this girl in my car. We drove her to GT Bank on Allen Avenue. Both of us put money together from our account. We wrote checks. My check is check. 
We cashed it and gave her cash. And said, go and sort everything out. And then, let's meet again tomorrow. If we ever see, until Jesus come. If, I, if we ever see that girl again. And this is somebody that claimed to be an orphan. Her uncle threw her out. The only place she could come is church. Another, and she's writing that exam tomorrow. She has to go and pay now. Our plan is we'll go and see your uncle. We'll beg for you. We'll do everything. We'll prostrate. We'll, we're just good pastors. Oh. Somebody say order. We need to focus on order. Put our lives in order. Put structures in place for sustainability. Do something differently. Separate the land from the water. Separate day from night. So that the spirit of God can move and find great expression. Separate the land from the water in your marriage. Separate day from night in your career. Let everything not just be jumbled together. You can't enjoy or maximize grace or the expressions of the spirit when everything is jumbled together. Glory be to Jesus. So in what areas do you feel uncomfortable? Out of control? Is it in your finance? Is it it in your relationship? It's time to bring some order into it. Yeah. You need to check which area am I feeling the most pain right now? As you walk out of this service, I'm going to lead us in prayer very soon. One thing you need to pray about and you need to think about this morning is, even if it seems I'm getting mixed up, I need, before I cross into the new year, I need to know the areas where there's pain. Pain is a signal of disorder. Yeah. When you feel pain in your tummy, it's like you layered some stuff that should not supposed to be layered together. Yeah. Ah. Your body is telling you, don't do it like that next time. Yeah. If, I, if I sort you out this time. <laughs> yeah. There's a way to walk, for instance. There's a way to sit. There's a way. Anytime something is out of order, you see pain. Yeah. You're feeling pain in your back. Maybe you're not sitting properly. Maybe the way you're lying. Maybe you're, you're sit at work. Many things. That's how life is configured. Pain is supposed to be a signal. If you're feeling a strain, every strain in your finances right now, something is out of order. That you need to put in order. Maybe you're, you know, funneling money in the wrong direction. Maybe your finances are upside down. You're biting, you know, you're, you're spending more than you're earning. It's time to put everything in order. Are you drowning in a frenetic environment? Step back. Step back. Take a step back and see how to bring order into your life. Some of us are in some environment now. Is you know, everything is, you know, frenetic is pulling you it's time to pull back a bit yeah and ask yourself is it the environment is it me and can I seek a new environment very important living a disorderly life makes you feel uncomfortable and the more that there's disorder the more likely the next level of increase will elude you yeah the next level of increase may elude you Because order makes for increase. This morning we're going to pray.